I'm Athena Silver. I'm Anya River. And we are the Rebel Crow. Athena is a professional psychic medium and tarot reader, among other things. Anya is a tarot reader and an astrologer, among other things. We are so excited to invite you to check out our weekly podcast, where we have fun talking about magic, tarot, mythology, astrology, and everything witchy. Find us on YouTube and on all major podcasting platforms at the Rebel Crow Psychic Show. Um, we put out a podcast episode weekly. Um, you can find more information at rebelcrowpsychicshow.com. Welcome back to the Rebel Crow Psychic Show with your host, Athena Silver. Hi, I'm on your river. Tonight, we are going to be exploring the world of divination. And we're going beyond just the tarot cards and bones and roots. We are going out into the world of ancient divination and modern divination. And we're going to talk a little bit about what divination is and how it's been used throughout history. Are you excited, Anya? Of course, always. And we're so happy to have you. Stay tuned. And we're back. Let's get right into it tonight. We are talking all about divination outside of tarot. Now, everybody knows the traditional tarot cards and you get a reading with a reader. They can, you can ask questions. They can show you your future, the outcomes of decisions that you make. Well, a lot of that information can be gleaned through other means, you know. Um, there are so many different ways that divination has been used since stone age and, and prehistory some of them have their roots in prehistory that are so practiced in modern day it's, it's a very cool topic it's probably one of my favorite topics to talk about that's great i'm so excited to hear what you have to say about this because i know you are the expert <laughs> this is <laughs> gonna be fun <laughs> well i think i want to start out talking about one of tarot's predecessors uh, I want to talk about cardamancy. Now that's divinations mm -hmm. with cards. So oracle cards are part of cardamancy. So is tarot to an extent, but cardamancy really talks more about um, the using the the regular playing cards, you know, with with the spades and the aces, and, you know, and all those cards. Uh, usually a deck deck of about fifty two cards. Now. I actually learned how to read with that, with those deck of cards um, when I was younger. And it's very close to the minor arcana of tarot and how the numbers and the, and the suits correspond with each other and have a meaning. Mm -hmm. Now in certain um, like Southern traditions that are found in the South of the United States, a lot of uh, cardamancy is huge. You know, and, and in Latin America and the Caribbean, um, cardamancy is very big for divination when, you know, certain people use it to divine um, whether their spell works are going to, uh, their spell workings are going to work, mm -hmm. or they may divine about cleansing their house or um, figuring out if there's been a curse or a hex placed on the family or the business. So it, it follows very closely with the minor arcana in the way that that they co they correspond with each other. Although the meanings are a little bit differently 
a lot of times it depends on family traditions. Some of these traditions have been passed down within families. So they have their own style and flavor that they've added throughout the years. So I've got a question. So when you say it's the minor arcana, so, so the, the majors wouldn't, Oh no, there are no majors. I'm thinking of the Kings and Queens and okay. So I got you. I got you there. So the meanings change a little bit, but it's still, when you're reading tarot, it's those description cards that give you most of the information you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Now, and when you're reading them, just the minor arcana can tell you a lot about a situation and you can actually interpret some of those cards to, to point to certain people, you know, a dark haired man or a blonde woman or an older man with white hair you know it it can give you descriptions just like it would with in the minor arcana and tarot right right that's really it can actually be used in spell work and how do you use it in spell work i would rather not get into that well then why'd you bring it up (laughs) well some people know as a general that that it does have other applications but i would rather not talk about the specifics because it is considered a closed practice with certain family traditions I see. It's typically with the family traditions. Yeah. And and it's one of those things as they use it differently too. You know, Mm -hmm. I like to use it. um, Well, another way it's been used in the past is it corresponds with uh, a page in the Bible and a verse in the Bible about what your problem is. (laughs) So is it pre pre assigned or? Yes. Okay. Yep, and it's pre-assigned. That- like you pull a certain amount of cards, a certain sequence, and it tells you, you know, the chap, the book, and the chapter and the verse. Because mm-hmm. they're they're based on number. That's that's really interesting. Do you yeah. know like the etymology of that? Like where does it where does that specific tradition comes, come from? It comes from like Southern conjure traditions and like mm-hmm. what what people would consider like hoodoo. Um, from the South, a lot of those traditions use um, cardamancy in a similar way. It comes from people who did not have anything but the Bible, you know, and the Bible has magical power to it. All those, there's words, there's straight up spells in that book. And if you know how to use it, you you have, you know, the keys to a very effective vehicle you know that's that is i myself have used psalms for healing you know there's Mm -hmm. a couple of psalms that are good for cleansing and protection and hex removal and stuff like that i'm not going to mention which ones because if you know you know but (laughs) how did you learn all this you're not going to tell me I run in a lot of interesting circles. I'll just say that. <laughs> I know a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cardamancy is not one of my like lineages. So, I mean, maybe not, not meaning like, you know, I know that people have used it in our family, but it's not yes. one of my specific lineages. So that's interesting to know a little bit more of a, there's a little more depth there that you just enlightened for me about it, where I didn't know that there was more than just basically using it as like a tarot kind of a situation or like a pre tarot situation. 
even with even with that, even with tarot, there is like sky's the limit creativity wise with what you can do with it. It has yeah. so many different applications. The same thing with cardamancy. It, it, it has so many different nuances and, and um, different variations, different traditions and different ways to work it that it's that's the beautiful thing about divination in general is if you are mm. creative and if you're ready to experiment and see what what's what you can figure out how to use a lot of these things very effective to your own personal gifts. Mm-hmm. Like I've gotten good with divination because I have an interest in it, you know, and yeah, I right. have a natural gift with it because of my sight. So mm-hmm. when I, when I use these different forms of divination, it's just extending my sight further and deeper yeah. than, than it naturally is. And I'm glad you brought that up too, because that's one of the things that stopped me for a long time from being able to read tarot at the level that I read it now was because I was trying to, you know, do it in the way that's like prescribed instead of using my natural gifts. And then once I figured that out, it was like, oh, okay, this is got it. You know, <laughs> See, anybody like, who knows me knows I hate tarot spreads. Hate it. Yeah. Don't use them. <laughs> yeah, Don't use them. No use for it for me. I would say that's not for everybody, but when you have your own style, when you have experimented with it in different ways, when you've worked with it in different ways, it becomes its own thing and it becomes a tool that's developed and that it gives you power to unlock doors that were locked previously, you know, Mm -hmm. and that comes through practice and really just experimentation. What about you? Um, (laughs) What would you like to share with us? I had this really super interesting experience lately where I was introduced. So this is not something that I'm like uh, an expert in at all, but I think that everyone should know about it because it was, it's crazy accurate. And it's not um, something that you do like, you know, where you're, where you're, actively reading and and using skills like so this is actually a system that you can go and sort of like how you can calculate your natal chart you know you input your information and it gives you a map of yourself and I consider that a form of divination you know um it's a little different from actively reading something like a runes or a or cowrie shells or you know things like that um but this is accessible to everyone since it's already done for you. Well, that's the thing about divination is that it doesn't have to be a uniform system. A lot of, Mm -hmm. there are instances where it is free form, you know, where you develop your own system, your own way to work, you know, sometimes combining systems. So, so these are, this is totally passive system. You don't need any skills. You can actually literally go onto the internet, type your information in, and there's going to be a report. It's called the Gene Keys and it's by Richard Rudd. And he is, um, you know, a, a mystic teacher that studied all over the world. What he did was, and it's really fascinating to me because he combined the I Ching with astrology and came up with this brand new thing. And it's, it's so incredibly accurate. Like I've run it on myself and a few friends and, and it, it was, it's just a mind blowing thing. I think what makes it so mind blowing because 
obviously astrology for me is something really important in my life. And that's another form of divination. It's sort of like, you really have to, to either go to someone who knows what they're, what they're doing or really, really study, but it's, yeah, you know, information that's given to you. It's not active um, interpretation so much. Right. Um, the I Ching similarly uh, is a, it's a Chinese system that has spanned 2,500 years. So it's, it's wow. one of the world's oldest divination systems. And what it is, is a collection of works from all these different, these different mystics and diviners. And um, that is more of an active sort of system. So you're using um, like coins or something like you would throw down your tarot cards. You're using, yeah. you're, you, you know, you're, you're actively ask, asking a question and then going to the reference point that they're sending you to. And then you build like this hexagram situation going on. So I'm not going to do it justice, but I found this and I was like, okay, this is my next thing, by the way, guys. So maybe down the line, I'll do an aging episode once I get a grasp on it. Cause I'm so fascinated mainly by like the history, like the expansiveness of it. Yeah. So I've been going on and on and on, but basically these two systems combine to form the gene keys. And um, like I said, you can just go on genekeys.com and look for a free profile. And then there's like programs that go along with it. I can't speak to any of that, but I think that it's worth exploring as a divination, as an easy divination that you can do on yourself. <laughs> Very nice. That is really interesting. I've heard of eaching before. I know a few people who do it. Yeah. Um, it's something it's, it's never crossed my path, but still very interesting. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, no problem. So I want to talk about another one of my favorites. <laughs> Please. Um, I want to talk about gazing, also known as scrying. Mm-hmm. Now that has been used again since the stone age. And it was found in a lot of ancient mystery cults. Um, you can scry in, in a pool of water, a bowl of water, um, in polished crystals like obsidian, Mm -hmm. um, even, you know, crystal balls. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so that's what that is (laughs) by candlelight and flame and fire and smoke. Um, Mm -hmm. it's by watching and adjusting your sight. You go into a light trance by, you know, you by the repetitive motion of watching and you let yourself settle into the gaze. Now it's not watching or looking, it's gazing. Um, The difference being your eyes are very small, very focused. A lot of times it's best done in the dark. Um, Yeah. I've had a lot of really trippy experiences with gazing. Um, I don't know if I'm going to share all of them because some of them are a little wild okay Um, (laughs) well tell us one (laughs) one of them is I saw um I saw a a temple with with dancers like in ancient times when I was crying in a bowl of water um a couple uh, probably about two years ago I was doing it I was working with candle flame as a light source to throw to cast shadows on the water 
And I just got really in the zone. And all of a sudden I'm seeing mist and it parts. And then the bowl of water, it's like, I was like looking down, like as if I was watching it. And I was seeing like these, some of, uh, there was men playing drums, but they were like far off. And then there was women and they had like pieces of cloth and they were dancing and they had like these bracelets that, and on their, their arms and their ankles. Mm-hmm. And it was like this, like, um, you know, like that bangle sound from wearing a lot of jewelry, like that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I know I sound like that myself, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, but they were dancing around as a form of worship. And I, it's like, mm-hmm. I could tell that this was something that happened a very long time ago. But you're able to throw your intention and ask your spirits to take you to, to view different places and different things and different people. Um, I've used it to see into people's dreams. Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, it can be used for a lot of different purpose. Uh, there, there has even been um, some crossover with like uh, spiritual intoxication in ancient times, like drinking mm-hmm. and gazing uh you know doing um plant medicine and gazing and scrying to and to read a lot of ancient practices like this was the preferred method because it was it was very you had to be trained to do it it's not something mm-hmm. that you can just sit down and do the first time you sit you've mm-hmm. got to actively train it and it takes a lot of like meditation type uh discipline for your thoughts, because if you're, when you're sitting there, your mind first wants to wander, but you've got to calm it and rein it in, in order to get past that, to see the visions. Yeah. If right. you're clairvoyant, this practice is very revolutionary. Like it will show you stuff. I feel like this would help enhance clairvoyance in people. Yes. Because I know I have done fire gazing, candle flame gazing. Um, and before, before I really realized that that was like a practice, but, um, and I don't usually see, so you're, you're making, you're stringing it together for me. Like, I really think that that would help a lot of people if you don't see yes. well. Yeah, it does. And it forces concentration. The thing is, is that if to get good at it, you've got to practice. Which a lot of these divination things you have to, yeah. But with this one in particular, like there's a lot of self discipline that you have to have in order to be successful at it. It took me a couple of years to really get good at it. I have Um, a question, and I still don't consider myself an expert. Really? Yeah, Um, but you've been doing it for a long time. Like I remember years ago that you've been you've been doing it for a long time. But I, I don't typically offer it for other people. I find it most effective for myself. Yeah. Which, which if I pull tarot cards for myself, I don't always get a clear message because it's hard to read yourself. Whereas if I ask my guides to show me something through gazing, they typically will show it to me. Maybe not yeah. the full situation, but they may show me a clip of it. So I, I know exactly what... I know exactly what you mean by like certain things, you know, you're good at, but it's not for other people. <laughs> you <Yes. can't. laughs> I have some of those myself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could go look at somebody else's life, but I would, I prefer to use it for myself. I just, I just find it more interesting that way. I don't know. Maybe I'm selfish. Who knows? 
<laughs> no, no, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think people who are tuned into whatever this is get it through many different forms and some of them are just better suited for working on what you need to work on yeah you know yeah I mean it totally makes sense I get that before we move on I want I want to link back to what you said about candles there's also Mm -hmm. another form of divination reading candle wax um there are so many things you can do with that it's really interesting Um, how do you do that (laughs) okay so there's several different ways to do it that's the thing um I have used I love candles anybody who knows me Mm -hmm. knows I love candle magic it's a passion of mine it's so interesting and it's something that's so versatile you can use it for just about anything um you can actually use the candle itself to physically diagnose what's going on in your body in your energies and in your aura wow and I did not know that it's you can it's you know it's one of those things if you have the supplies and have time try it out you know (laughs) um with that you you rub it you prepare the candle you rub it on you you light it you watch where all of the wax falls and how the flame of the candle is and how the wax drips and the patterns it makes with reading any candle wax um i'm actually it's funny we're talking about this because I am teaching a class on basic candle magic which is Mm -hmm. the precursor that you need to know in order to get into this practice I'm going to be doing a practice on advanced candle working which this topic is going to be featured in that class so keep an eye on it's on my my readings with Athena Silver website for anybody who's interested um it's when you when you let the candle wax drip it by looking at it from a bird's eye view, you can tell by the points in which the wax leans and the designs and patterns it makes, it tells you a story of what's going on. Okay. So when you, when it's drifting downwards, you know that you need to work on deep shadow things, things that are lie deep, the traumas and the challenges that are in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to work on that. Or you may see it to one side or the other side. It has corresponding meanings. But, um, Candles are interesting because you can send energy in and you can release energy with it as well. So it's really good for not only seeing what's going on, but, but transmuting it and moving past it, mm-hmm. which is why, again, I love candles. <laughs> I love yeah. candle magic. <laughs> There's just so much you could do. Yeah. Um, I you can even read the candle if you have a candle in a jar. You can read the jar after the candle working has been finished and tell how your candle working went. How do you do that? Uh, I'd have to show you visuals. Um, I'm also going to be featuring that in my candle class for anyone who's interested. Um, What you do is you look through the glass candle and see the pattern of how the wax settled, how the ash, if there's any ash in it or smoke, Um, How Mm -hmm. far down the black smoke goes? Do you have black smoke? Um, There's a lot of subtleties about it. Um, Did the wax burn all the way out or do you have clumps in there? You know, Mm -hmm. Um, if the glass breaks, that that means another thing. You know, there's a lot Mm -hmm. of nuances to it, but 
it can tell you and give you a lot of detail, especially when you're working with your own energies. Yeah, that's fascinating. I had never heard of that part of, of it before. That's very popular in Pujaria and mm -hmm. in um, some of the Mesoamerican traditions that are practiced modern day. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a witchcraft staple in Latin America, but it's, it's probably one of the most detailed ways to really give yourself a good checkup. Yeah. You find it, it's very heavily used in like curandismo. As your class sounds like it's going to be banging. We're going to yeah. have to put a link down below. <laughs> I, I definitely will. I've taught okay. this class a couple of times and it's always had a good, um, a good feedback from it. People seem to enjoy it. So I'm excited to do it on zoom this time. So yeah, it's great. Hope you guys check that out. <laughs> so what else do you want to talk about? What do you got for us? So I really like pendulums. I was going to talk about pendulums. Um, and it's like a very simplistic to me, like very simplistic uh, form of divination. So it's not something I use a lot <laughs> because I really like the complex messages that I get when I'm channeling and doing tarot. Yeah. You know, um, really with with pendulums, it's it's more of like, you know, you're asking a question, you've programmed your pendulum, uh, you can use anything as a pendulum, which is nice. I've like, I have a necklace that has uh, something really heavy on the bottom. And I realized one day I was like, Oh, you're talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. like, oh, okay, let's talk. <laughs> you know, I didn't, I, I think I programmed it after I realized it was talking to me like, hello, you know, like doing a circle thing. It's crazy to me because I, I, it's one of those things that I really wouldn't ever believe myself like believing in I mean it's not a belief but it's just like when it's actually happening you're like this is really this is really moving on its own like like well, it's weird it's still weird to me but it's it's wonderful and amazing you know well one of the old wives uh brujaria little trick that they do with pendulum style is if to see the sex of a baby you take mm -hmm. the mother's hair from the back of a strand of her hair. You put her wedding ring on the hair and swing it over her belly. And it can tell mm -hmm. you if she's having a girl or a boy. Yeah, I you must have told me that, that before. I <laughs> you stand must have told by me that. Because huh? <laughs> so you must have told me that when I was pregnant. Because I'm like, where did I hear that from before? It could only be you. <laughs> <laughs> I stand by that. It is correct. Every single time I've ever used it, it was spot on. <laughs> uh, that was that that comes from I think DR or or Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. It's one of those Caribbean little tricks they got. <laughs> yeah, I have the one of my favorite pendulums is a is a rainbow chakra stone pendulum, and it's just it's so beautiful. I still don't know how to tune your chakras with the pendulum because apparently that's a thing that you can do. Um, I don't know you, if you know, enlighten you me. Can <laughs> you can, for people uh, like, like curanderas, mm -hmm. um, you can use the pendulum to, to see where there's blockages and the energy uh, streams of the body. If you can't visually see it, you can use it to, you know, it'll tell you by the way it's moving. If the, if the energies are free flowing or if there's blockages and sludge and buildup going on, great. and then you would then go and work on the energies of that area. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's, that's great. That's really good information. Um, yeah, so I guess this came from water dowsing. Yeah. Like the like it's linked to water dowsing, which is something that you and I were talking about before has roots where you Way were talking back. about in the Americas. And then I had seen that it was from like Germany, 16th century. Um, do you know, I, it's not really, it's not something I'm, that we would do today. I don't think. Yeah, I'm from the, I don't know a whole lot about water dowsing. I've actually never met anybody who does it. I'm familiar yeah. with it. And, and, and have heard of it through the Pennsylvania Dutch folk medicine, um, the, the, the system that they use. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of them have used it like it was very popular in rural America for finding and digging wells. Um, but mm-hmm. it has its origins in a few different places. Yeah. And I guess so. So I guess it's somehow linked like it must have grown into other traditions, you know, that, yeah, you know, so, but I mean, everything has its roots in something, something else. Yeah. And divination. Well, and a lot of divination has grown from each other. You know, a lot of them are very, they're they're cousins on the same trip, you know? Yeah. I want to talk about one of my absolute favorite and probably the oldest form of divination. I'm talking about psychedelic plant medicine divination. (laughs) See, of course you would flip that one in there. Of the plants. Um, I want to say, do not try this at home. You have to have specialized training. You have to be a little bit out of your tree. You have to. (laughs) You have to really be, you know, a special kind of person to do that kind of work. Um, I love it because I think it's interesting and, and it is very, um, it has its origins in a whole uh, globally, you know, um, every single, <laughs> I'm sorry. I said, of course, cause we all love that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But in ancient times, if you were sick, um, say in, in, you know, um, in the Americas, for instance, the, the shaman or the healer, the medicine person would go into a trance or they might administer plant medicine to you as well to help go on a journey to figure out what's going on with you in the spirit world. Um, that There are even plant medicines that are used to show people answers for themselves. Um, a lot, I, I'm not condoning anything or suggesting anybody try anything. I'm really not. But... <laughs> people have had success with ayahuasca in the Amazon um, and uh, with um, healing like traumas and addiction and PTSD and things of that nature. But it's more of a last resort, you know? Yeah. Why but so? It, I mean, people have used peyote, people have used ayahuasca, people have used mush- like uh, psilocybin mushrooms and mm-hmm. cannabis all over the world to, to take their plant medicines, even um, uh, in Greece, in ancient Greece and in ancient Egypt, they used to brew magical beer and mm-hmm. get, get all, you know, tipsy on beer. Yeah. And sometimes the beer had magic mushrooms and, you know, um, ergot in it. You get a and special so, badge by accident. Oh yeah. That was, <laughs> some, that was some medicinal beer, some magic beer. 
And they would drink it and they would see it would be a form of divination through the sight and and the visions that they got would Mm -hmm. help, you know, either tell them, okay, you know, King, go to war, you'll be good. Or, you know, you've got to protect your city or your people are going to starve. You need to do something about this. You know, like they would give real life um, answers for real life situations through these magical dream like states that they were having induced by these plant allies. So. Um, again, you've got to be a certain kind of person to do this. And, and it takes a long time and a lot of training to use it properly and safely. So Mm -hmm. if you are going to go down this path, make sure you do your research and make sure that you are over a certain age. Yes. (laughs) The legal age. (laughs) Yes. But you know, that's the thing with divination. It it, it comes in so many Mm -hmm. forms and you can really divine anything. Like if I had somebody make me a pepperoni pizza, I could tell you all about them based on what the food they made, based on where the pepperonis lie on that pizza, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's divination. It's just, it's so versatile. You can use it in so many different ways. You can, you can see so many different aspects of life and it, it really gives you an open window and an open door to whatever you really want to say. And it also, like you said before, helps you develop your spiritual gifts the more you practice it. So it's It's really, it's really about you shifting your own awareness too, because like a coin or a card is just a coin or a card. It's like when you're slowing down and asking, okay, I want to see behind the veil. I want to see behind the grid. You know, it's, it's sort of like, that's what, that's why there's so many different forms of divination. Yeah. I think because you you can use anything that we make. It's not magical until you become magical. <laughs> it's true, and and you can by imbuing these tools with your energy and with the, the the energy of spirit, you are making that bridge and connecting those two things together to bring forward those messages. So those messages are not just coming from you; those are coming from spirit and things beyond us. Yeah. So that is very important to say. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this very interesting episode about divination. And I hope it inspires some of you guys to try it yourself and walk down this crazy journey to self-discovery. Did you enjoy it tonight, Anya? Oh, I had a great time. I'm so glad that everybody joined us. Please like, subscribe, and share. Definitely. I'm Athena Silver. I'm a professional psychic medium, a witch, and a healer. Uh, my website is readingswithathenasilver.com. My Instagram is at athena.silver. My TikTok is at athena underscore silver. And my Facebook is readings with Athena Silver. How can they get a hold of you, Anya? I am on Facebook and Instagram at Anya River, A-N-J-A-R-I-V-E-R. And reach out if you'd like to make an appointment for a tarot reading. Awesome. And guys, keep an eye out for my class. You can sign up for my candle class for beginners. It's on my website, readingswithathenasilver.com under the class schedule tab. Uh, We hope you guys stick around for another Rebel Crow Psychic Show available Thursdays on YouTube and on all podcasting apps. We wanted to give you guys one last announcement. We are going to be off on May 6th. So you're not going to get an episode from us on May 6th. We'll be back May 13th with a real, with another episode. So if you don't see us, 
That's how. That's why. <laughs> anyway, you guys have a wonderful night. Bye. Bye.